0: Now, I have a very exciting announcement to share with you. Um, uh, On Friday last week, we finally heard that um, the St. John Centre is available for us to use. And so Hope Church will be starting next Sunday morning at 11am. So that's really, really exciting. We've been uh, looking, planning, thinking, praying about this for uh several years and finally uh the day has come so today um we're going to do a bit of a commissioning now so um i'm going to i'm going to um uh, ask the elders of the church to come up the front here please it's now gentlemen thank you um and uh, and i'm just going to lead us through um we're going to pray uh we're going to pray for simon particularly we're going to pray for roger we're going to pray for the team who are going uh we're going to pray for the community of Trentvale and we're going to pray for us here left at park as well um so uh myself and Howard as um pastor and previous pastor are going to lead us through in our prayers but I just wanted just read very briefly before we do that um just a little thing from Acts chapter 13. See, what we're doing here is not the first time it's ever been done, obviously. The first time, I think, was back in Acts chapter 13. And it says, in, in the church in Antioch, which was a growing church, okay, church in Antioch, um, there were prophets and teachers. There was Barnabas, there was Simeon, there was Lucius, there was Manin, and there was Saul. There's five of them. And, and while they were worshipping the Lord and, and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul to the work to, for the work to which I've called them. So two out of their five best people went and started a new work um, in, in a different part of the world. Now, we're not exactly going to a different part of the world, Simon. Uh, but we're certainly sending you out from here. And that's really important. Um, And and it's, uh, yeah, if you imagine what it must have been like for that church in Antioch uh, to lose two of your best people, um, that I'm sure left some big gaps for them. It would have been uh, a time of sadness for them, but also a very exciting time for them as well, to see the gospel going out to a fresh place. And it's all those kind of things that we, we feel and experience this morning as well. So, uh, I'm going to ask, first of all, for Howard to pray for Simon. We know each other, one, each other. <laughs> We do. We actually do. <laughs> We're going to pray for you, Simon.
1: All right, let's come before the Lord. Father in heaven, thank you for your Son, the way, the truth, the life. And thank you for the gospel of grace, that you save sinners like us. And we thank you that you call men to preach the gospel, to make it known. Lord, we thank you for the calling that rests upon Simon. Thank you for all the years that he has faithfully, powerfully served you in this place. Lord, we praise you. Thank you for his faithfulness. Thank you for his perseverance. And now, Lord, we look to you for the work ahead. Thank you, Lord, for putting it upon his heart, our hearts, to start this new work in Trentvale. Lord, we look to you for your blessing. And most of all, Lord, upon Simon as he leads this work Will you give him those gifts, Lord, that he will need for the work, for perseverance, for courage, for truthfulness to your word, and most of all, for the anointing of your Holy Spirit, that his words that he speak may be attended with Holy Spirit power to convict and convert, that we may see conversions, Lord, in this place. Lord, we thank you for our dear brother, and we pray as he starts a new part of his life and his family as well, that your blessing will rest upon him and his family in this work. Lord, bless the work of his hands, we do ask, in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Don't go anywhere, gents. Can, can I ask if you are part of the team...
0: Is going to hope could you just stand up i'm not saying you're committing yourself forever more at this point no, that's not what we're doing but if if you've if you've been part of the prayer meetings that go on if you're if you're planning to be at hope next sunday because you consider yourself part of that team would you please stand up okay so we're going to pray for you guys now as well okay all right lord we um we thank you for these people We thank you for Roger here, Lord, who's going to be uh, a huge part of this too. And we pray for each of these individuals, that you would fill them with your spirit. That, Lord, you would give them boldness in the name of Jesus. That you would give them vision and and, uh, a, a deep love for you and for that community, Lord. We pray for unity among them. We pray that they might honour you with their words and with their actions, with their lifestyles, with their attitudes. We pray that love may be the thing that binds them together and displays your glory so clearly amongst them, Lord. We pray for their hearts. Please be with them and fill them with your spirit, Father. Amen. If you could take a seat. We're going to pray for the, the Trentvale community.
1: Father, we thank you that the gospel makes that which is dead alive. And we pray for the power of the gospel in Trentvale. We pray for the contacts to be made for this community that are moving to Trent Vale that they may show the love of Christ in all their dealings with one another that they may be gentle and forgiving one another that may shine out to all visitors to that church and grant that their unity and love for you may be of real influence in Trent Vale Lord in this valley of dry bones that is Trent Vale. We pray your Holy Spirit may come and make alive from the dead and may bring many to trust in you and come to know you and love you and want to serve you with their lives. Lord, we look to you. We are, Help us to do the work that needs to be done, but Lord, we look to you for that reviving power from above that will awaken the dead and cause them to live. Lord, have mercy. And bless the school, Lord, in that area as well. And what may be done there, give great wisdom, Lord, as to how we might reach out to it in your name. Hear us, Lord, for Jesus' sake. Amen.
0: And finally, if if you if you don't consider yourself part of Hope, if you're good, planning on staying here, would you stand? <laughs> yes, that's you. <laughs> okay, and we, we, let, so if, maybe for those who are, who are planning to go to Hope, maybe you could particularly have in your mind to pray for these folks too, because losing some of you is going to be a really big wrench for us. Um, so we're going to pray for us at, Hope as, at, at Park as well. Father, um, as we send these folk out in your name, uh, Lord, we, those who are standing, we love them, we appreciate them, and Lord, we will miss them. And so, Lord, we pray that you would uh, make up for that um, in, in your love and that you would provide people who can help to fill those gaps that will be there. Lord, would you raise up replacements for those who we will miss? Uh, And Lord, may we uh, be bound together in faith and in unity. Lord, please help me as I lead this congregation here. Father, I recognise my own faults and failings and I need your help. So Lord, we bring all these things to you in the precious and powerful name of Jesus. Amen. Hebrews chapter 11 and reading from verse 8 to verse 16 by faith Abraham when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance obeyed and went even though he did not know where he was going by faith he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations, whose architect and builder is God. And by faith, even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was enabled to bear children because she considered him faithful who had made the promise." And so from this one man, and he as good as dead, came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as countless as the sand on the seashore. All these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them from a distance and welcomed them, admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. People who say such things show that they are looking for a country of their own. If they'd been thinking of their own country they had left, they would have had opportunity to return. Instead, they were longing for a different country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them.
2: Well morning all, good to see you, and welcome to those online. This will be probably my last preach at this pulpit for a while, so it's bad news and good news. (laughs) Um, Good news for you, bad news for me. Okay, Um, and I thought we were doing this by faith series, weren't we? And I thought that it would be very uh, appropriate to choose the bit where it says, Abraham obeyed and went. <laughs> so that's where I'm at. Okay, Abraham putting faith into practice. When you look at Hebrews 11, it's easy, isn't it, to look at these giants of faith and think, I could never ever have that kind of faith. I could never ever do the slightest bit that they could have ever done. But this is the good thing about God, that... These are just ordinary human beings, as weak and as feeble as you or I. But they fully abandon themselves to an extraordinary God. And that, that is what faith is. And that's how, and only how, they did such things. Proverbs 3, 5-6 to 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him, abandon yourself to him, and he will make your paths, paths straight. That's faith. And this faith, therefore, is not beyond any of our reach. We have the same Holy Spirit as Abraham had, and it's just as possible now as it was then. When God found Abraham, he was a pagan. He knew nothing about the one true God. He worshipped many idols. He had no what we might call a Christian background today. Yet God finds him, picks him out turns him into the greatest faith hero of all time Galatians 3:9 is he's called the man of faith Romans 4:11 the father of all who believe and the friend of God James 2:23 God himself in Isaiah 41:8 says Abraham my friend what an incredible privilege but it's not just Abraham's privilege now through Jesus Jesus says himself, I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything I learned from my father, I've made known to you. God himself chooses to confide in you and little old me. It's never been about what you can do. It's all about fully trusting and resting in what God can do through you. And that faith is a gift of God to all who believe. All believers have faith. You've just got to exercise it. Well, I don't feel like I've got any faith. I feel like uh, I'm faith bankrupt. Well, Jesus says this to you, I tell you the truth. If you have faith as small as a mustard seed... You can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Of course, it's metaphorical. Nothing will be impossible for you. And just like Abraham, we are called to live by faith and not by sight. What is faith? 11 verse 1 of Hebrews. Being sure of what you hope church for. And being certain of what you do not see. That is how you and I keep moving nearer to God and not further away. Expecting great things of God can bring great results. We've seen it throughout the Bible, we've seen it throughout church history. But even great results is not, in the end, what you and I will be commended for. Jesus is primarily concerned... With your ongoing faith. Your faithfulness to him over the whole of your Christian life. Because at the end of the day, as he says in the parable of the talents, when you arrive on that day and you stand before him, his accolade for you will be simply this, well done, good and faithful servant. Dale Ralph Davis says the Christian's faith is not so much proved by his courage in a sudden crisis, but by his faithfulness in daily plodding. Is that you? Are you a plodder? Well, well done. (laughs) You're doing the right thing. It's not nothing. It's consistent. It's what the Lord wants. Trusting in the Lord and his word day by day, through the bad and through the good. And that's it. Believe, keep putting one foot in front of the other, and trust him for the power and the future and the results. And there will be results, and there will be fruit. But you and I must move according to his word. C.S. Lewis says this, There are far, far better things ahead than any we may leave behind. And so we see here that by faith, Abraham did exactly that. He put one foot in front of the other. 11 verse 8. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went. Though he didn't know where he was going. Isaiah 42, 16, very dear to me, this passage, I will lead the blind by ways they have not known. Along unfamiliar paths, I will guide them. I will turn darkness into light, before sorry, darkness into light before them, and make the rough places smooth. These are the things I will do. I will not forsake them. If you're a Christian to some degree you've had an Abraham experience. There you were in the world and of the world going with the flow and the Lord crashed into your life. He showed himself to you. Once you couldn't see him at all. You were utterly blind to him and then he began to begin he begins to restore your sight a bit bit by bit like Jesus who was healing that blind man in two stages. He saw nothing, then he saw something, but he couldn't make out the details. In Mark 8:24, the man looked up and said, I see people, but they look like trees walking around. See, he knew something was happening to him that he'd never seen before, but he wasn't quite sure what. It was still blurred, it was still not in focus. And then we read in Mark 8, 25. Once more Jesus put his hands on the man's eyes, then his eyes were opened, his sight was restored, and he saw everything clearly. My glasses are steaming up. You know, the best thing about that bit for our blind man is that he got to see Jesus clearly. That's really all that matters. And the Lord comes to you and he gives you faith and he reveals himself to you bit by bit. And it is a process you imagine that blind man who never saw anything at all? The excitement he had when after seeing nothing, saw something, and then in the end, everything was crystal clear. I was on a holiday years ago, not long been a Christian, maybe a few months. And I was in Portugal, and I went with a friend, and uh, she got saved on holiday. And the next day, we were on the beach, and everything was different for her. And she went, look, that's the sea, God made that. Look at the sand, Whoa, God made that. Look at that sunset, it's awesome. I see the creator, I see God in everything. Look at those palm trees. It's wonderful when the Lord begins to draw someone to himself and the joy of finally seeing him and all he's done comes into clear, ultra-high definition by faith. It's indescribable, but if you're a Christian, you know that it is altogether true. Truly we can say I was blind, and now I see. And maybe only the Christian, those who follow Jesus can understand this, but you know it to be true, and you don't, <laughs> you don't love anybody else, or know anybody else that you've known and seen. 1 Peter 1.8, though you have not seen him, that's Jesus, that, though you have not seen him physically, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. How's that? For you are receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls. That's the experience as you go along. doesn't make any sense, but you know it to be true. I wonder if there's anyone here this morning that doesn't know it. Because you can. And some of you, I know, are having those eyes, spiritual eyes, opened bit by bit. You're beginning to see things. Things are happening inside of you that you cannot really explain. But something's happening. It's all a bit blurred. But it will slowly come into focus. And the Christ is just a prayer away. And the only thing you have to do is absolutely note, except. Bring your filth and your sin and your guilt and your shame. Throw it on Jesus and he'll acquit you of it. He'll pardon you from it. He'll eradicate your shame and he'll bring you new life. And you will begin as perhaps if you're being drawn already, you can identify a little bit, but at that point, he will begin a change in you from the inside out, and you'll become that which, what you never thought you could ever become, a son or daughter of the Most High God. It is the greatest privilege anybody could ever have in this fallen world. Tozer says this, this generation has forgotten that the gospel message does not clean up and shine the outside of a person. That's religion, and it's worthless. Rather, it bores into the very heart and soul of a person and radically changes that person from the inside forever. Hallelujah! well that's Abraham when he responded simply to God's call and obeyed and went and became the father of all who believe who would have known it is that you here this morning and let me mention just something else because I've chosen this passage to relate to Hope Church which begins next week as John said we talked and prayed about church parting for about three years we got speakers in Not much really changed. There wasn't much of a desire. There wasn't much clarity going on. And then when we least expect it, we're locked down. We can't do anything. We can't go anywhere and God comes. Soon I'll be able to cry at hope and you won't have to put up with this. And then you'll all be saying, can't you just get on with the message? Right, God comes, he shows himself bit by bit to me, to others, like Abraham and like that blind man a blurred at first maybe and then slowly coming into focus and here we are. And now we have the glorious yet painful task of leaving those we love my church, my people, my ministry here on Sunday mornings uh, I'll still be around I'll still be around pastorally for those at part. but as God moves and if, he, if, if hope takes off obviously there will be an increasing phasing and Simon Worsley will be no more <laughs> but we have to go to a land that the Lord has shown us Trent Bale Like Abraham, taking a people with him on that journey. And like Abraham, now me and us, we can't do anything else. We have to obey, we have to go. Was that easy for Abraham when he was first called, leaving all that's familiar, people, family, area, country, to a completely new and hostile place because it proved to be? Was it easy for those who were left behind? Was it easy for those who went with him? I doubt it very much. But go he must. Why? Because God got a hold of him. That's all that matters. That's the only convincing anybody needs. And when God gets a hold of you, I'm just speaking generally now, and when things become clear, what is your response today? Is it to believe? And have faith and then go, meaning putting that faith into practice? Is it trusting your... When you come to know that Jesus is the truth, will you trust your life to the truth? Will you trust your future to what God has said, though you haven't got a clue what will happen in the next five minutes? That's faith. And that's what God absolutely loves. and maybe there's some excuses that we can all pull out of the hat, can't we? Abraham's would have been a legit one, maybe I'm too old. Genesis 12:4 so Abraham left as the Lord had told him. Abraham was 75 when he set out from Haran. Now he did have another 100 years amazingly. He lived to 175. But nevertheless Romans 4:19 says when he was 100 his body was as good as dead. That was referring to his fertility, but 100 obviously still meant he was past his cell by date. <laughs> his age was taking hold of him. And yet we read in Romans 4 verse 20, yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God. And the promise of God is that he'd have a son and he'd bless all nations through his offspring but he was strengthened in his face when it looked like he was dead and he gave glory to God being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he had promised. That's faith. Don't ever think that God's finished with you, whether you're young or you're old, and especially if you think you're past it. Faith is knowing that as long as you live and breathe, he will use you in some way. You simply have to believe and obey. I've been here 23 years. I've got eight years left in ministry, probably. I was very happy to minister at Park until retirement. I had no desire to go anywhere else or do anything else. I didn't even know if I had the energy anyway. I knew we were to church, plant, but at the beginning I thought, my batteries are on low. I don't really want to recharge them, to be honest. And then God got a hold of me. That's all that... You see, that's the difference, isn't it? The only difference is God. He got a hold of me and others. In the old days, being a lad, and probably one of the king lads in the group, I wanted to go out in a blaze of my own glory. What a joke. And the Lord has moved it around. And I just want to go out in a blaze of his glory. That's all that matters. <laughs> Not empty, pointless, lifeless life. How about you this morning? Are you ready to respond to all that God has for you? Are you prepared to move Out of your comfort zone at work, down the street, at uni, at school with your friends. Someone said this do what God has put in your heart and trust Him to take care of your critics. You know, whether you're young or whether you're old, God desires to have all of you, and He's not satisfied till he gets all of you, but you're not either. He longs to do with you what he wills and there is absolutely nothing better when you're all out for Jesus because actually that's what we were designed and created for. True fulfilment, eternal satisfaction can only come from that. So don't shortchange yourself like I began to do. Don't be satisfied with the comfortable. I see that. I see it in my own life. I see it in everybody else's life. We've become too fat, too satisfied with the comfortable. And by the way, I'm being metaphorical there. I won't say anything else, even though I'm going. I've got myself into trouble over 23 years many times. I'm not about to do it now. Don't rely on the temporary. People, including your nearest and dearest, and things are temporary. Do you realise that? Are you living like they're not? They will all be gone soon, and then what? Then what? C.S. Lewis says, don't let your happiness depend on something you may lose. Believe. Trust. Obey the Lord. He's the same yesterday, today, forever. The only consistent in a thoroughly inconsistent world. And as he gets a hold of you, get a hold of him as well. It's a partnership. Get that spirit of Abraham. Do an Isaiah when he saw the Lord in the temple uh, 700 years way before Jesus was incarnated. And yet John says Isaiah saw Jesus on that day. Isaiah 6, 7. See, your guilt is taken away and your sin is atoned for, says the angel. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send? And who will go for us? Is it going to be you? Or are you going to just make excuses like everyone else? He said, and I said, here am I, send me. And that's it, Job done. If you've been cleansed and washed by the blood of Christ, are you saying, here am I, send me, wherever? Whether it's to remain in part, but become active. Whether it's to be a stronger follower of Jesus in the home, a greater mother, a greater father, a much better child. I don't know. Whatever it is, God knows. And if He's set that upon your heart, respond. Because it really is time to get up and get going. And this is what Abraham did. He didn't appear to doubt at all. Verse 8 of 11, uh, Hebrews By faith, Abraham obeyed and went. You know, if anything has taught us anything, surely we know now that time is against us and that final day fast approaches. And this world, as we've seen recently with COP26, Some have said not much cop, some have said fair cop, 26. I won't tell you what I think. Um, But whatever, the world is desperately trying to save the planet, isn't it? They're actually trying to save themselves. And with the climate change or something else, this world does have a sell-by date and it is going to burn. 2 Peter 3.10 but the day of the Lord will come like a thief when you're not expecting it the heavens will disappear with a roar the elements will be destroyed by fire and the earth and everything in it will be laid bare Sense, everything will be destroyed in this way what kind of people ought you to be you ought to live holy and godly lives as you look forward to the day And speed its coming. This day will bring about the destruction of the heavens by fire, and the elements will melt in the heat. But in keeping with his promise, we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth, the home of righteousness. So then, dear friends, since you are looking forward to this, make every effort. There's an urgency. The clock's ticking. Make every effort to be found spotless, blameless, and at peace with him. Because nothing ultimately, for whatever reason it might come about, can prevent what's coming. And you know that only Jesus saves, if you're a Christian. And some of you are beginning to realize that only Jesus saves. You know only Jesus truly transforms. Only Jesus empowers Only Jesus gives true hope and a true future. And it isn't found in this kingdom. It's only in his kingdom. And surely the last few months or years are beginning to tell you that. What to do? In the light of this, 2 Peter 3.12, speed his coming. How? By giving yourself fully over to him like Abraham. Verse 14 of 2 Peter uh, fourteen, Make every effort... To be found spotless, blameless and at peace with him. How? By reaching out to those outside the kingdom. Just like Abraham moved to another land. Verse 9. The Lord is patient with you. Not wanting anyone to perish. But everyone to come to repentance. Why it hasn't already happened? Because that's what he wants. I don't believe for a moment it's not God's will to save. I don't believe for a moment that in Trentvale or in Shelton or in anywhere else, God isn't going to save. That's nonsense. God's heart is to save. He's got many people in the city. We've just got to go and find them. It's as simple as that. Bear in mind, it says, that our Lord's patience, that he hasn't come yet, means salvation. This is the time. You see, ultimately, faith is knowing what you're here for. Not to mess about, not to be half-baked, not to be mediocre, not to be say you're a Christian and really just be different on a Sunday and no other day of the week. Forget all that. Faith is knowing what you're here for, to become like Christ and to bring others to Christ, and believing that God will do it. And then, after believing, obeying and moving in his direction, that is what Abraham did. Is that you this morning? If it isn't, why isn't it? If it is, then hallelujah. I guess when I'm gone, you'll have less bruises to your soul. But then the Lord binds up the broken hearted and comforts whatever else it says. Here's the last point. Abraham knew this house was not his home. Verse 8 in 11 of Hebrews now. By faith Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. By faith he made his home in the promised land, like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise." For he was looking forward to the city with foundations, whose architect and builder is God. We think those Old Testament heroes didn't know much. They knew a lot, my friends. Even Abraham. Uh, Actually, Paul says um, the gospel was preached in advance to Abraham. Anyway, even Abraham knew a much better future than the earthly promised land he was going to. And so did all the other faith heroes. They weren't looking just simply to this world. That's faith too. 11 verse 13, it says, all these people in that heroes of faith list were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive faith. The things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance. They saw them and they welcomed them. They put their faith in them. And they admitted that they were aliens and strangers on earth because this house wasn't their home anymore since they got saved. People who say such things show they are looking for a country of their own. If they had been thinking of the country they had left, they would have had opportunity to return. Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, because they were doing that, God is not ashamed to be called their God for he has prepared such a city for them. Do you long for a better country? When you're old, you do. But often it's just because you want relief from all the aches and pains and struggles. But... You long for a better country because it's God's country. Because he'll be there. Because it's a new earth. Because there's no possible chance of wickedness there. Because the lamb will be all the glory in Emmanuel's land. Or have you lost the plot and lost sight of it? Because you've got way too comfy down here. Let's look around, my friends. The last two years, the Lord has shown you that this house is going down and he's saying that you've got to recalibrate. You cannot simply drift on oblivious hoping things will get better. If you do, you'll be just swept away. Faith wakes up, it looks up and it gets up. It calls upon the Lord while he's near. It turns away from wickedness. It realises that we need to come back to our first love because other people and other things and other obsessions have just got in the way. We get in the way. We're to cling to him as he clings to you. To believe, to obey and to go. Because soon and very soon you'll be looking at your God's right hand as the stars begin to fall. Don't put faith in this nonsense. <laughs> not what I'm saying. In this world. Look to God's right hand. When these things start to appear, do not be alarmed. Lift up your heads; Your redemption is near. And you'll say on that day, here is the coming he promised. The scoffers said, it's never coming. Suddenly it comes. And the king will say to you, I told you, I've prepared you a place. And I also told you, I'm coming back to take you with me where I am. I'm back now, are you coming? (laughs) I've come back. And when you stand on the threshold of all that's ever been, and all that will be, you'll look back on these short years and say, why was I so worried? Why was I so angry? Why was I so afraid? Why was I so unforgiving? Why was I so dull? Why was I so half-baked? For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory That far outweighs them all. So, because of that, we fix our eyes, not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. That's faith. Just like Abraham. By faith, press on with all that God has laid upon your heart, and go out in a blaze of his glory. Believe and go with your eyes on the prize. And in an instant, and in the twinkling of an eye, that faith will turn to sight. And you'll be there. It will be so worth it. Let me finish by reading this. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, because it's coming. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Now the dwelling of God is with men and he will live with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. Why? Because the old order of things has passed away. Good riddance. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Let's just pray. Father, we thank you for your word, always relevant, always poignant, pierces like a sword, dividing joints from marrow, and judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart, but encourages to, heals to, it might cut us open, but it heals us too. Fill us with your spirit, Lord. Help us to have a good, hard look at ourselves if we're Christians. To see where we're at and where we most place our value and what we're really living for. Bring us back, Lord, for the time is short. Help those at park to be all they can at park. Help those at hope to be all they can at hope. Bless both communities here in Shelton and in um, Trentvale. Uh, Help both, though the bush may be pruned down in both that it would grow even stronger and flourish and blossom in both places too we know this is of you therefore you will bless we look to you, we trust you we have faith that you have given us and we are excited we're sad we're happy and we're longing to see you work in both places, we are still one we're still a body help us to continually have great contact with one another And not to ever sever that link, we pray. Help us as two parks, if you like, going in two different places. So we thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen.